Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Aaron Incoherent is with us here today for Song of the Soul, and what a special guest she is. A lot of my musical mainstream is folk Americana singer-songwriter, but Aaron's music comes straight out of the punk rock world, though it maybe has drifted also into the folk punk genre. Whatever the name, whatever the genre, I love Erin and her music, and I feel privileged to bring you a vibrant, deep soul and wonderful songwriter. I'll have to bleep out a few of the words in the song in order not to bring the FCC down on the wonderful radio stations that carry our programs, so I'll do it, but mainly I want to bring you unfiltered Aaron. On the northernspiritradio.org site, there will also be some awesome riches in the bonus excerpts, stuff that we'll have to cut off from the full interview to fit in our 55 minutes. So listen to the full uncut show or the bonus bits there, and you won't be disappointed. Right now, let's head over to Fort Collins, Colorado, via Zoom, to visit with Aaron Incoherent. Aaron, it's wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. It's wonderful to be on. Thanks for having me, Mark. You reached out to me via our website, NordenSpiritRadio.org. You posted a comment, let us know about your new release. Tell me a little bit about what led you to Deja Vu. Deja Vu was written from 2018 to 2020. I recorded the final song I wrote while we were still in studio. It's Deja Vu Reprise. But it was written shortly after I moved to Philadelphia. And the whole story of Deja Vu is talking about how you either learn the lessons in your life effectively so that you can make different decisions that bring you to different places in your life, or you continue making the same mistakes that lead you down these familiar patterns. So that's kind of what the feeling of Deja Vu I was talking about is. I feel like when you experience Deja Vu, it's your spirit checking in with you. It's letting you know that you are where you are meant to be on your path. And that's from a culmination of your own actions and choices. Deja vu is the experience of me taking that moral, mental inventory, that spiritual inventory, and really addressing how do I want to move forward? Who do I want to move forward with? Who do I want to be at the end of this journey? And there's a lot of growth in the album. And it was around like the March mark that I went to, or it must have been February because it was right before lockdown. Well, we went to a transcendental meditation course. So then we started meditating throughout this. And I really felt spiritually that I was being called to achieve spiritually what I had achieved musically, what I had achieved with my own confidence and ego. It was asking for me to source that within myself now and to not have who I felt like I was be reliant upon how people interacted with my music. You know, it's beyond that. I want to have my music be about my advocacy 
So how can I be a better advocate? You know, these are the questions I was coming to while I was having this kind of spiritual awakening, making Deja Vu. So Deja Vu as an album is this whole couple years of growth. It's sourced from a lifetime of movements in unsustainable places. It's kind of just me asking myself to switch to sustainable energy, you know, and that comes from within. It comes from us connecting to our own divinity. So this is like this album, creating this album and living at House of Robot and learning to meditate this whole last year was just very spiritually profound for me. And I'm really hoping that this record continues to reach people in that same place. Cause I think that it speaks to a very human experience that a lot of people have had or are having again. You know, Aaron, there's probably about 20 themes that you talked about there that I want to follow up on. Uh, <laughs> you said learning to meditate and I took TM back in 1983. Three, I think, was when I first did that. My wife tends to do Vipassana meditation, and there's the Quaker style of something that I do, which is maybe not formally meditation, silence, waiting worship, we call it. So did you have experience with meditation ahead of time, or is this just a new form of meditation, or is meditation part of your life? Before I was actively practicing TM, I could say no, meditation was not a part of my life. I had attempted before to sit down, but I was definitely very mind heavy, you know, very much a thinker of thoughts all the time. And with that, I created very strong monsters of like jealousy and anger and fear and doubt. So when I experience meditation, I'm creating a gap and I'm taking away the power of these beasts. So now I'm seeing more of like, they don't want the power taken away. So I'm able to identify more thinking patterns that have become non-sustainable or toxic. Before having meditation, I didn't have that kind of perception of my own reality. I was very much just like, I exist here and how this sees the world and interacts with people is what I have to deal with instead of being like, well, that's part of my function as a human, but that's not the source of like my soul or what else I can do and how else I'm capable of just experiencing stillness and peace. Did you come out of a religious or a spiritual tradition of any sort? I was raised and baptized non-denominational Christian, and I had my own fallings out with the church based on hypocrisies that I see happening in most types of organized religion and kind of perversion of holy words that I think a lot of, again, organized religion lends itself to after millennia of being preached from different tongues. I think it's still the same God, though. You know, I think it's all the same source and divinity, though I don't subscribe to a practice religion like that. I don't I'm not trying to be mean or discredit, I guess. Another one of the things I wanted to follow up with, we're speaking to Aaron Incoherent in Fort Collins, Colorado, but you refer to Philly and New Jersey and everything. And so like, I mean, how, where, what? <laughs> so I've spent a good amount of time moving around. I went from my hometown of Fort Collins up to Portland, Oregon, then back to Fort Collins, then out to Gold Hill, Oregon, then back to Fort Collins, then out to Philadelphia, then out to New Jersey. Now I'm back in Fort Collins. After I finished wrapping up the album in New Jersey, because of the pandemic, I hadn't been able to, like, I hadn't been working. So I came back to Fort Collins. I wanted to be closer to my brother. I wanted to be around a place that was familiar and just kind of make things easier mentally for me. Cause it, you know, last year was, and I'm sure this year too, life is just difficult for people to manage. But during this whole, since we can't go out, I can't go tour with the new album or really play in house venues. 
I've been doing live streams like all over the world. So I'm not really worried about it. I'm not missing out on anything with my musical career. I'm just trying to find the way that I want to talk. Like right now I'm using this opportunity to ask like, who am I when I get back on that stage? Cause I don't want to be the shallow person looking for likes or validity from the masses. You know, I want to be able to be a voice that can inspire the masses. And like, that's just a completely different frame of reference for how I'm viewing my world now. And I'm not going to use this time to become idle or to become despotent. This is a time to foster faith and keep committed to self-betterment and to the betterment of the world of men and humankind. In listening to your songs, number one, you're a beautiful singer. I love your singing. Okay. Thank you. I also find that even as I love your singing and it conveys so much of beauty and of sensitivity and connection, there's embodied in a lot of your songs that I've heard, I wouldn't call it exactly anger. It's hurt, certainly, and there's certainly sadness, and there's a lot of rejection that I heard in the songs. I had the sense that there was a mixture in there that was boiling and uh, it was a boil that needed to be lanced. So is this last year, the lancing of your boil? I think that the boil was actually kind of lanced since Deja Vu has been released. I think it's a good culmination of kind of identifying what's been there, what was trapped inside. But I think that since releasing it, I've even learned more about myself and how I communicated with the world and what my expectations were for the album and how I would think about myself. You know, like if I don't sell 10,000 copies, then I'm you're worthless, right? And I don't want to think like that. And you know, it's very astute noticing the rejection because I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, and a huge calling card with that is rejection sensitivity. And you start to see that your minds and your behavioral responses to things, you train yourself to look for ways that you're going to be rejected and to react to rejection. And that rejection can be real or perceived. And that's been a, a long life of me kind of writing songs, talking about these experiences of rejection that are minuscule otherwise, or that should not carry as much power, but we crown the kings in our own subconscious. You know, we decide what has power in our lives. I think that a lot of my music is just kind of the power of presence for those types of thoughts and the avenue of release because they are still human thoughts. And even if people aren't thinking about BPD when they're listening to something like The End of the World Again, because that song is very rejection heavy. It's very much like, this is me falling apart again, because who am I kidding? People never change. It's, you know, written from me losing most formative relationships that I had. And there are kind of two bodies of thought with that. I can think very sadly about it. And, you know, woe is me. And that's kind of what the song's writing about. But also at the other end of that is this is giving me an opportunity to grow and to create relationships that aren't going to make me feel like I'm being stifled or rejected or to allow me to create myself in a relationship where I don't think I need to constantly be on my guard perceiving rejection from other people you know just how do i become more confident within myself and the lyrics of the end of the world again talk about that as well you know when they say like it's my turn give me time it's time for me to grow does this sound like a good time to share that song the end of the world again yes just want to give a shout out to minka who plays piano on this track minka was also my vocal coach so he uh, brought me back from the brink of not being able to sing and taught me how to sing sustainably and he's an incredibly talented musician he's in philadelphia so if people want to look him up as well they should We'll try and put a link to Minka on, but right now we're going to listen to Erin Incoherent as she shares a track from Deja Vu, The End of the World, again. I can't seem to live my life consistently, no matter how hard I try. 
comfortably with pain that it's all I feel And all I look for, this is my end of the world This is me falling apart again Yeah, this is just towing the line for me Cause who am I kidding? People never change Keep falling apart from me So maybe it's naive to try to think I should just keep giving No, it's my turn Give me time You're everywhere I wish you weren't And with me every chance You can make it hurt these days You make everything feel worse I can't help being who I am Though I've tried so hard I feel Which is worse Cause they see your past Can't define you Though nowadays They try to undermine you This is my end of the world This is me falling apart again Yeah, this is just towing the line for me Cause who am I kidding? People never change Keep falling apart from me So maybe it's naive to try to think I should just keep giving No, it's my turn Give me time This is my end of the world This is me falling apart again Yeah, this is just towing the line for me Cause who am I? People never change Maybe this is just growing up Friendships keep falling apart from me So maybe it's naive to try to think I should just keep giving No, it's my turn Give me time, give me time Oh, give We've got Erin Incoherent here with us today for Song of the Soul. She just shared with us a song, The End of the World Again, which she released just recently. And I'm confused, Erin, is this a single? Is it on a recording with the other ones? I I still think in terms of CDs because I'm 66 years old, right? <laughs> this is a secondary version. So if you buy Deja Vu and you listen to The End of the World Again, you're going to hear a full band recording bass and drums and guitar it's going to be loud and upbeat and poppy and i liked that when i wrote it because it was just this tongue-in-cheek but really when i'm sitting down and thinking about it these lyrics are very tortured they're very pained and i wanted to do a version that also highlighted that and so i collaborated with my vocal coach ari and did this piano version and this is available on spotify and on bandcamp so you can purchase it if you want or just stream i'm wondering if today having changed in the way that you've changed and the, the growth you've gone through, if this is more like who you are or is this the past? Is it, I mean, Because it, it is, a again, you know, I mean, maybe you've done this 10 times in the past as well. 
gone through the finding yourself and then losing yourself. I mean, most of us do, I think. Yeah, I think that we're supposed to in order to figure out what we want to bring with us and what is dead weight and what needs to be cut off and left in the past. And I think that writing this song was more just a, a declaration of like, you know, how many people like, can I even have friends at this point? It seems like it's impossible for me to connect with people because I do want this willingness to be vulnerable with people. I don't just want to hang out and worry about my social clout or just get drunk because I'm depressed. You know, these are no longer things that are satiating me. So as far as moving forward, I think I am going to be doing more with different like it doesn't necessarily have to be folk punk you know and i i grew up as a punk and wanted to be hard fast loud and live fast die young and all that stuff and obviously the music i play is not what you consider punk rock off the bat i mean there's definitely punk influence to it it just felt like i've fought this subculture my whole life for acceptance and this is supposed to be like the place where the misfits come and it's not it's just another subculture that brainwashes people from a young age to act right to look this way to you know act in these styles and to listen to these small very fast changing bands it's just like any other subculture it's not any more dedicated to social justice or activism than any other subculture pretends to be you know like you see the activists and the work that they do and not in the shows like I, I there have been incredible movements done from punk rock i'll always love punk rock but i think moving forward i have to identify how i want to change the world and i think it can upset a lot of people to hear that because it makes them self-reflect on what am i doing and then they'll get vicious about that so i think trying to host friendships in recent years, I've experienced a lot of that because I ask people to kind of be the next best version of themselves. You know, I, I ask people to meet me at the table of accountability and let's really hash it out. Let's be honest. And a lot of people aren't ready to do that. And a lot of people don't feel like they can do that because it's not punk. These are the kind of broader motifs that Deja Vu touches on for me. So there's a lot of personal growth that happens on a, like a larger scale too. That's not just having to do with my own spirituality but more of how do I influence a culture of people who want to live fast and die young and who want to be addicted to substances and have that be part of them being punk rock. And that's also talked about in Roaches and Roommates. And that is a song about losing my roommate to a fentanyl overdose and seeing how Philadelphia has the number one opioid epidemic in the country. You have people dying all the time from this and you have a whole subculture who will not look at heroin use at all but they won't carry Narcan. So they will shame you for using heroin, but they will not practice harm reduction measures. So I did some harm reduction outreach with a group called Operation in My Backyard up in Philadelphia, and we will hand out warm clothes, warm food, safe sex worker kits, clean needles, Narcan, drug testing kits. It's for free or it's a nonprofit. So we'll get grants to the city of Philadelphia to go hand this stuff out. And trying to talk with my punk friends and say, do you have Narcan? Would you like some in your house? Everyone would just say, no, I don't do that. I don't touch that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not about that. It's about being able to reverse an overdose in the event that somebody you know does. It's like trying to act like, oh, not in my backyard. And that's why the whole nonprofit is called Operation In My Backyard. It's trying to get people to advocate for how they can practice direct action in their communities. And that's a lot more of the work that I'm trying to do these days because of things like losing my roommate or seeing how it's not helping us to turn a blind eye to it. Again, the song you just referred to of Roaches and Roommates 
it has this sweet, vulnerable music mixed with really painful lyrics. And the video that you put out with it has these interviews with people about it. How did that video come about? So the last physical show I played was February of 2020, and it was Operation Med Backyard's fundraising show. I had this idea like the day of the show that I wanted to do these interviews because I knew I wanted to make a music video to honor Bonnie. And I was like, that would be really cool if I interviewed people and asked them like who else has lost somebody to an overdose. Because at the end of the day, I wanted this video to be because it is painful. It's never going to not be painful talking about the death of somebody. But I wanted it to create a community of people who otherwise hurt in silence because heroin is such a stigmatized topic. A lot of these people suffer a lot because people will not talk about it or they don't have the capacity to filter the stigma through their compassion. Most of the people interviewed are either the founders of Operation in My Backyard or a lot of volunteers with Operation in My Backyard. But then there were people who were just there to see the show who ended up getting interviewed too. And there are also pictures in that video. And everyone in the pictures is somebody who has died from an overdose. And there's like, I have family members in that video. Some of my best friends, their family members or coworkers or whatever in that video it's just very humbling to make something that was very emotionally powerful like that because i do think that it helped a lot of people find closure and i hope that it helps people who are in an active state of drug use feel validated and feel something other than shame you know i just want them to feel like there is love and that they are love and that they can walk out of this with a story to tell that will inspire other people to walk out of it too We're going to have a link to the video connected with the song of Roaches and Roommates on NordenSpiritRadio.org. Right now we're going to listen to the song. And I want you to watch the video because it actually has the interviews that Aaron Incoherent was just referring to. Here is of Roaches and Roommates. I said that I'm sorry, no why are you down to party here? Rolls up a split, let's flip the lid and get started, yeah. And you're climbing in my window when you leave the door locked. And you're calling me a bitch now when you're in too high. Wait a minute, get a grip now before you get the nerve. Put the pedal to the floor and make a wrong turn. Said it's nice to see us laugh and think about the past Cause spring is on its way and this last winter's kicked our ass man trash can So now we're smoking in the basement Drinking old coal And we tuned up the happiness So we could sing every song we know Cause Bonnie didn't have to die man But she shut up So said he didn't have to knock him But we can't trust that f- No we can't trust him no. She 
you thought we all were joking The story slips from every time you found her in his bed But by the time the paramedics came They did all that they could, yeah So now we're hanging up your pictures Of a red black sheet And our friends are coming over Bringing enough to eat Your things fit in two big boxes We sent down to New Orleans We were reimbursed for the postage But not for future unseen Smoking in the basement I'm trying to figure out How you're supposed to make rent Wonder since you died If you would change All your time is spent Cause I don't wanna die And wanna change All my time was spent Of Roaches and Roommates is the song by Erin Incoherent here today for Song of the Soul. That's on her CD, Deja Vu. Erin Coherent is joining us today from Fort Collins. You'll find her several different places. I'll have a link to her Facebook page if you just search Erin Incoherent. I don't think there's anyone else by that same name since that's not the name you grew up with. Could I ask (laughs) you, by the way, or maybe it was, maybe from the time you first babbled Your parents said, no, she's incoherent. I don't know. (laughs) How'd that come about? So I was born Aaron Cookman. I'm still Aaron Cookman. But when I was in high school, I was in a band called Bad Juju Monkeys. And like my punk stage name was Aaron Incoherent. When I moved to Philadelphia and released my sophomore album, Medusa, I was still going by Aaron Cookman. And it was like two months into the release I had a vision. It was like rebranded Aaron and Coherent. So I was like, yeah, that's a rock star name. Let's do that. And I also kind of liked it too, because it's just like, again, that juxtaposition of this beautiful sounding music that like, you know, you can kind of bob your head to it. You can dance around to it or whatever. And then when you hear the lyrics, it's like just this, oh my God, like what is she actually saying? You know, Aaron and Coherent. It's all this kind of beautiful symphony of sadness and good music. I know that I have the spirit of rebellion in my heart and I'm just trying to make sure I'm not throwing that at idle causes anymore. It's not just about like, screw the man, man. It's like, yeah, but how? Like direct action, systemic failure. We can make it happen. (laughs) I'm loving the Aaron incoherent that I'm getting to know. (laughs) And I'm hoping that we can have some more of your music to help other people feel as deeply as I do that connection. What can we share next? Ooh, okay, let's listen to The Plan. This one is also on Deja Vu. And The Plan is a song I just about didn't release. I thought maybe this is too positive. Maybe this is too much of a, I'm not sure. And I had two of my friends who I'd shown the song to. They said, I will be mad at you if you don't record that song. It's a good song. I originally wrote it because my roommate at the time, he was like, you know, I bet you wish your label didn't drop you. And I bet you wish that you had more people listening to you instead of playing crowds of nobody. And like anybody can make an album sound good if they record at a studio. And like it was just like, just being so mean. And afterwards I wrote the chorus instantly. It was just one day I'm going to wake up in my someday. Cause if I don't, I'd rather not wake up at all. And so that's what you'll hear in the plan. And it's so clear the difference between what you're singing in the verses. And then when you get to the chorus, it's this completely different. You did wake up in a new day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the song is the plan and the artist is Aaron incoherent here today for song of the soul. Here is the plan.
live to fight and wait our turn into a day as confusing as it seems we all still have our dreams one day I'm gonna wake up in my someday cause if I don't I'd rather not wake up at all the hardest thing that I've learned is to love Well, folks, you now know what the plan is. That is the plan by Aaron Incoherent. And I think the plan is to love ourselves. To track down Aaron, follow the links from NordenSpiritRadio.org or just search Aaron Incoherent. There's nobody else by that name. There's no other individual who fits that description as well. Follow the links to Bandcamp or to her store or to Facebook. And you can see all the people that she's supporting through her goodwill towards the world. But that thing about loving yourself... I identify as a male, have since birth, and I find myself, you know, maybe 5 or 10% of me is something else, but I very strongly fit in that role. And I think that because I'm raised as a male in a male society where men have a certain perspective, loving myself has not been the issue. Having empathy with other people has been the thing that has been important to cultivate for me. So I had to come from where my deficit is and where my surfeit is. So to tell me that I need to love myself, it's like, huh, I'm already there. And like Donald Trump, you know, loves himself and nobody oh, yeah, else. That's the person he does love. Right. Did you grow up with a deficit of loving yourself? Is that your feeling? I was raised in a household by a father who was an alcoholic and also mentally ill. And to this day, I don't think he has done anything to address his mental illness. And so I developed my reactionary patterns based on how I was treated. And a lot of that was if I was doing too good, I was shamed. If I wasn't working hard enough, I was shamed. If I was singing in my room, I would be shamed. So there was just like a whole lot of me not thinking that I was allowed to love myself because of all of these examples that I could give you from my dad who would know because he knows me, that kind of stuff. And it was just rejecting or accepting that because a lot of the work I'm doing now is showing me that it's the acceptance of what we've been through that allows us to transmute that pain into progress. Rejection keeps us in a place where we feel separated from. And I don't want to feel separated from my oneness and my love. So allowing myself to love myself meant I have to accept that there are other people I will not please. I have to accept that there are things I cannot change, like the serenity prayer, you know? And in knowing that and accepting that, I allow myself to see who I am now, you know? Because who I am now wasn't the girl. I mean, I'm the byproduct of the girl who was shamed. Yeah, but I'm the woman who came back through and said, hey, little me. You're cool. You can ride with me. We're going places. You know, we don't stop here. This ain't the end of our journey. It's not supposed to be. And 
that's something that I'm still called to challenge when I have to interact with my family. You know, there's a whole other mess of people who are dealt with in similar ways that I see that same anger. And a lot of people in the world have anger or self-loathing that comes from the same place. And instead of doing the work in the way that I've done the work, they've done work in their own way. And sometimes that'll bring them around to things that are positive, or sometimes it'll harden itself into a lifetime of subjugating others to your own misery. And when it is the latter, I have to figure out ways to try to help that don't send me down a path of self-destruction, which is easy to do. If you don't love yourself, you know, I, I tend to define myself in these kind of abusive situations with men even with friends, but mostly with romantic partners that I, you know, trying to fill a void, trying to fix somebody and being mistreated. You see how unresolved trauma can play off of itself and manifest and kind of like, you know, I was seeing myself be my dad. I was seeing myself, you know, being that I have a chip on my shoulder and the whole world's going to hear about it. And if nobody likes me, then I'll fight the whole world. You can act like you're not afraid when you're ready to fight the whole world. But the truth of it is you are so afraid that everything makes you want to fight. Like you have no control at that point. So when I realized that I'm not living in a manner that's going to be helpful to me, this predates back to even Medusa. Like when I wrote that album, I was in a really bad abusive relationship. It was like the third one in a row. I was on SSRIs, antidepressants for like the second or third time. It was not going well. And so when I ended up writing Medusa, it was like this, you know, turn me to stone. I was singing about being on medication. I was singing about just wanting the pain to be over, but it's not over at the end of the bottle or and that's a pill bottle, an alcohol bottle, whatever. It's not over at the end of the argument or the reconciliation. Like real change is systemic, you know, real change is getting to the root of it. And if it's not working for you, you have to rip it out by the root and you have to toil your soil on something else. It's going to make you bear better fruit because it's up to you. The song is Medusa. It's by Aaron Incoherent. I'll take a laid back panic attack. Some Xanax mixed with a tonic and jack. Two and one makes three. Keep your eyes on me. 20 milligrams of sertraline. I'll take one for the anger and one for fatigue. One for the restlessness and one just to sleep. And if after half the bottle your symptoms increase, don't you worry too much. Just call me. I'm a master trade Spit in my face And if you don't mind Feeling numb half the time The pros that the loss of the pain Medusa Regulate serotonin intake so I don't lose my mind. I've been beat down and shopped around. I pack my bags and leaving town. You don't have to tell me twice. I'll take one for the loneliness and one for the grief. One to stop this headache and another to sleep. Cause if half my mind is normal, then the rest is diseased. And that thought don't bother me. I'm a master of trade.
The song is Medusa. It was title track of the CD released by Aaron Incoherent in April of 2018. Wow, Prozac, Xanax, everything else combined with alcohol, just a, a more accepted drug, right? I grew up in an alcoholic family. My mom died drunk driving when I was nine. My dad had an accident, almost killed someone else the same night. He didn't get hurt particularly, completely independent. I, so I've got that history. I've got a nephew who died a few years ago at the age of 25 of a heroin overdose. Abuse just runs through my family. And I've been the weird one in the family, Aaron, in that I haven't done any of it. I don't drink, never did. How about you? Have you struggled much with the drinking drugs, all the other addictions that love to fill in these places? Well, I started with self-mutilation. And that was actually what, when I looked into BPD, one of the calling cards, because I'd never been diagnosed with it. They said like, yeah, I had depression and stuff, but I've been cutting myself since I was in like sixth grade. And it just got worse and worse. And I was like burning myself and pulling out eyelashes. And then when I started drinking, it was like, I was like 18 when I started drinking. So I was late in the game as far as punk is concerned, or like even what my friends were doing at the time. And then within a couple of years, I was drinking. I mean, it didn't even take a couple of years. I was drinking every single night and I did that forever. And that's part of like the punk rock thing too is... I don't even know if it's just punk rock at this point. I think people do not know how to socialize unless we're going to go out and get drunk, unless we're going to go have a drink, unless we're like, we're attached to that. And it's again, because we don't know how to be emotionally vulnerable. We don't know how to connect with people. And like, we feel uncomfortable or anxious. And I realized uh, when I started drinking, it was because people didn't want to talk about things unless they were drunk. And so I was like, oh, I want to talk about shit like this all the time. So I'll just get drunk and talk about this stuff with people. And then, you know, it starts becoming the way you manage things or you don't realize how you will just come home and take a shot because you need to calm down. Now I'm starting to have the conversation. Well, my drinking's gotten better since when we made deja vu, we didn't drink the whole time. Like as soon as I found out I had nodes and I found out, like I said, I had nodes like four days into me moving into the studio. So I like stopped smoking cigarettes, stopped drinking caffeine, stopped drinking alcohol. It was just like the only thing I did was smoke weed for therapeutic reasons. And even that and getting more now to being like, you have to make sure you can function sober. Like that's an important thing for me to work on because I've been like, I've tried a lot of drugs, but I never got, I, I had a couple binges with heroin with my ex. That was the person who introduced me to it. And I never fell down that hole the same way. And I tend to find that when you are an addict, you're addicted mostly to one substance. Like I know people who can't drink but they can like snort cocaine. It doesn't do anything. Or I know people who can drink, but if you give them cocaine, they're going to be going on a huge bender. You know, it's things like that, that kind of, you have to identify within yourself. So for me, it was like, you know, if I'm not going to cut myself, if I'm not going to drink, if I'm not going to smoke weed, like how can I find comfort in my person and in this moment? Because that's ultimately what these things are used as an escape from is your current reality or you're running from your past still, or you're still processing trauma. Either way, it's a lot of past tense work. It's not a lot of present or future future planning is going into substance abuse. Well, thank you for sharing all of that detail. By the way, folks, this is Song of the Soul and on northernspiritradio.org, you find links to all our guests. So when you want to track down Erin Coherent, I've got a couple links like to her Facebook page, to her store, to her Bandcamp site. 
And you can find all of the guests of my past 15 and a half years I've been doing this program. That's on NordenSpiritRadio.org. Please post comments when you visit, and there's a donate button in case you want to support us. We depend on you and not corporations and not on government to make this go on. And please, please, please support your local community radio station, local media, alternative media. The voice of the community is so absolutely important. So start by supporting them before you worry about Northern Spirit Radio. Help make this world a better, more coherent place. And that's not a slam on Aaron Incoherent. <laughs> you are one of the most coherent people I've talked to in a long time, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> so in some ways, I almost view the name as incongruent with who you are, because you're obviously a, a deep thinker, a deep feeler, and you convey it so well through your music. So let's do some more of that. So the next song that we'll hear will be Sturbia Suburbia. So this is the last song I wrote on Medusa before I moved to Philadelphia. So I worked at this place for five years. It was a bar, restaurant, music hall. And I was sitting in the alleyway, smoking a cigarette. And across the alleyway, it's an apartment complex. And there's this unmarked van outside of my friend's apartment after a certain amount of time, two paramedics with a stretcher are carrying my friend out of his apartment. And he had killed himself the night before. He had, I think, took pills or hung himself. But he had tried once before to kill himself. And this is kind of where, you know, I'm having this awakening that kind of gets punctuated more in deja vu. And Disturbia Suburbia talks about that, saying an old friend killed himself before the start of spring. I wonder if he left the weight of the world or if the weight of the world just left him hanging. Medusa, as an album, talks about this accountability, this need to acknowledge that we have a substance abuse problem and a depression and like mental health problems within this punk rock scene that we're not doing anything to address. We're just continuing to exacerbate these. So Disturbia Suburbia was me having the first kind of talk about that and saying, like, I hope we all get out. I hope we all feel free. And then, then we write our Roaches and Roommates a year later. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, the song is Disturbia Suburbia, Aaron Incoherent. Leave it to me to be alone In a town I hardly recognize Without you by my side Lord, I wish these memories would flee And take with them the pain of remembering But I know today is not that day I saw some flower tree in the middle of the yard And tore every flower from it For I got back in my car and drove off Cheers to you, cheers to us And old friend killed himself before the start of spring I wonder if he left the weight of the world Or if the weight of the world just left him hanging And who could stay cares and if somebody cares then I guess you must be thinking of me leave it to me to get strung out and freak everybody out then say I won't do that again these days there's nobody here it feels surreal Many years spent with kids I don't even think I know Do they know me? Such addiction in the sickness Makes it hard just to exist When I can hear the words I do not say They hate me, hate me, hate me, little girl 
body bags there I mean somebody cares And if somebody cares Then I guess you must be thinking of me I guess you must be thinking of me beautiful and often disturbing music that we have today comes to you from Aaron Incoherent. That one called Disturbia Suburbia is from someone who is maybe a little girl or not a little girl. They think you're a little girl. My guess is that just as there's a little boy inside me who deals with the loss of his mother when he was nine, that you've got the little girl in you. And it's only a question of how we negotiate our current existence with the needs of that little person inside us. How much do you feel like you're a little girl still? The ways in which I would like to be a little girl these days are the notions that tell me to go swing on the swings or to go listen to the birds when I'm walking my dog, you know, to get into the child mind. I have a different reason for wanting to be a little girl or a different way that I want to access that childhood wonder. I like what you said about negotiating kind of how you move through what the little you inside wants, because I did find that little Aaron inside of me was a huge vehicle for a lot of that doubt and fear and shame and whatever to continue to exacerbate. And it gave it a host, you know? So and I had to get rid of little Aaron in that regard, little painful Aaron. And we had to synthesize her little energy back in so that we could go have fun because it's not just about how do I suffer in grace, you know, but how do I thrive past my suffering? It looks to me like you found really good tools to, again, deal with the little girl's needs, but not having her at the steering wheel of a careening vehicle. Yeah. you like, you don't have a license yet. <laughs> yeah well it's beautiful what i'm seeing and i want to see just one more glimpse of it folks we're going to have bonus excerpts from this interview because all the time that i've spent talking to aaron incoherent is not going to fit in the 55 minute broadcast so just come to nordenspiritradio.org look for the bonus excerpts i count it all as time well spent unfortunately the clock still clicks at 55 and turns off our program so please share with us one more song aaron all right i'm excited to leave you all with this last song this is currently out of everything that you've heard on northern spirit radio today this is going to be the only one that's not yet released this is the newest song i've written i wrote this after i released deja vu and i moved back to fort collins and i have you know had this whole meditative journey and like seen all these experiences and so this song is called static and it will be on spotify soon so keep a lookout for that if you follow me online i will announce that 
but this definitely is the conversation I have with myself these days. You know, how can I show up with mental accountability? How can I move through these normally difficult patterns of behavior to get back on track through to who I want to be now? I think there's more we could say about it, but in the interest of not cutting off any of our other discussion, I want to just go straight into the song Static. First of all, just I'm so glad to have met you. I'm so glad to know you, and I look forward to knowing you more. I'm so happy with the person that I know that you have enriched my life. I just want to thank you for that and for what you do for the world that way. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a great interview. I always appreciate the opportunity to like have these deep thinking conversations with people. And thank you very much for having me and just letting me speak my thoughts. <laughs> And for me, I advocate for what I call slow radio, which doesn't meet the three-second attention span of Americans these days. I'm sorry about that, but I think that listening to each other on the deep end of the pool is where the future of the world really lies. So I thank you for going way deep in the pool with me, and I appreciate it so much. Folks, we end with Static by Erin Incoherent. The links to her on Facebook and on Bandcamp and so on are on northernspiritradio.org. This song you're hearing for the first time because she hasn't released it yet. The others have all been released one form or another, but Static is going to be out soon. Thank you again so much, Aaron. And here is Static by Aaron Incoherent. Enjoy yourself thoroughly with her music. Go deep, row, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Static. For once in my life, I'm not feeling so static, not as apathetic You ain't bringing me down, yeah You ain't bringing me down I, I, I won't deny you A time and a place and a chance to save face You were being an asshole You were being a dick If I'm your friend then act like it a lifetime to you It's easier telling myself that this pain isn't real Where were you 
so static, not as apathetic. You ain't bringing me down. Yeah, you ain't bringing me down. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.